Pulp MX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Race Tech. Rocky Mountain ATVMC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side by sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Super low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three day shipping. Don't be a fool. Go to RockyMountainATVMC.com and order some stuff. It's the premier shopping destination for all of us out there. I buy stuff on there. Super good people. Like I said, low prices. And of course, Fly Racing, FlyRacing.com. It's almost April. What is it? March 28th today. Snakes are coming out. It's getting warm. I'm sure all of you people back east are chomping at the bit to go riding. It's time for some new gear. All right? Take that old crappy stuff out of your gear bag. Head over to flyracing.com. 2018.5 kinetic mesh. Little ventilation life. Throw that jersey on. It's going to feel so good. They got some cool colors. My favorite, I would have to say, is the red and white. I love red gear. Of course, it looks good on a Kawasaki. Red gear looks good on a Yamaha. And if you're on a KTM or a Husky, I would probably go with the dark navy and white. That looks better. Red doesn't look too good on an orange bike. But nonetheless, very good gear. Very, very good people over there. Dale Spangler. You guys know Dale. DirtBuzz.com. Rest in peace, DirtBuzz. But I still love it. Dale works at Fly. Max helps out the riders over at Fly. Another good dude. They're just good people. Good company. They're all enthusiasts, so if you guys are getting some gear, please fly racing, flyracing.com. Get it over at RockyMountainATVMC.com. And, of course, suspension. I'm a big believer in stock OEM stuff. I like stock stuff, but if you're looking for a more personalized setup, because when we do set up stuff for OEM settings, it's a wide range of people. You're 170 pounds. That doesn't mean a stock Yamaha is directly for you, right? You want a more personalized setup. You want something that's, you know, tailor-made for you. Head over to Racetech.com or how about just mail your stuff in, get it revalved. Gold valves, really good. Of course, 2018 Honda 450 for those of you guys out there that have that. I always recommend Racetech. Colton Ack got him back on some stuff. Met another guy over last weekend at the Trans Am Vet Race. I turned him on to some race tech stuff. He's stoked on it. So, of course, you know, I'm an open book. You guys have questions. You can hit me, hit me up on my email. We can talk about race tech. But you guys know race tech gold valves provide a plush feel with drastically improved bottoming resistance and increased traction. Race tech products and services are 110% guaranteed. No, they're 100% guaranteed, not 110 But nonetheless, and they're made in the USA. So right there, boom. We love the red, white, and the blue. 
support the sponsors here that support this podcast. I really do appreciate it. I get a lot of emails and I meet people at the track that do buy stuff from my advertisers and I really, really appreciate it. It helps me when I talk to them. They're like, hey, we, we hear that you're you know, obviously talking about us and we got these guys over here saying they bought the stuff because they listened to your podcast. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, so that's four minutes worth of commercials. But I will say one more thing. Skosh.com, so S-C-O-S-C-H-E.com, Skosh. It looks like Skoshe, but it's not. You've seen it on the Husqvarna bikes, of course. They've got a product code. They've got cool stuff. So please go check out their website. If you guys are into anything electronic, you know, boom bottles, headphones, chargers, cords, anything for your house, your garage, your phone, your car or truck, head over there, check them out, use the code SCOKT25, get 25% off what you what you order and be happy, trust me. They got this cool battery charger slash flashlight. I bumped Heather's car the other day. Compact. You have to carry a bunch of cables around. I don't know. Just a bunch of cool stuff. So check them out. All right. So this podcast has been in the works for quite some time. I've been building an app, guys. I've been building an app about bike settings, um, what I recommend for what type of dirt, um, OEM settings, torque settings, bar settings, all these things I've been working on. I'm putting in an app, and I'm going to go really far back. I've been digging back into my Bible of notes that I've recreated over the course of 15 years or so. And I'm going to have an app out soon that's going to help you guys out when you're out in the desert or the track or wherever. And you can look at what year and bike that you need or your buddy's bike or whatever and get a setting a baseline setting you can get one of my recommended settings you can get torque specs all these things that you may not have when you're out in the field of riding and and trail riding or whatever so anyway so that sparked up this whole podcast that i'm doing now i got some emails about and i'm sorry if i don't know your name and you suggested this but this guy suggested i should say guys what about us, Kiefer? What about these guys that can't buy these brand new bikes, right? And we want to buy a used bike. I want to maybe get into the sport, and I don't have massive amounts of money. I don't have 10 k to go drop on a new bike. Or maybe I just want to go buy another used bike, and I have a new bike. Which ones you know, should I be looking for? So this podcast, I kind of wrote down and went through my notes and all the things that I liked about certain bikes back in the day. So this podcast is dedicated to what used bikes are good to buy, what years, what type. I went through all of the Japanese brands. I went through KTM and Husqvarna. And sadly enough, I I don't have any Husqvarna's past tense that I really did like. New bikes, great, but not many do I have that had a star on it and saying, hey, I need to go buy this Husqvarna. There wasn't any that was worth a shit for me to talk about. Now, this podcast, I'm sure, is going to spark up a whole debate of, Kiefer, you didn't mention this bike or that bike. What about this? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's plenty of bikes out there that you guys may like that I don't mention here on this podcast. So 
That's okay. I'm just going to give you guys some feedback and a general direction of what bikes that I have ridden that I've enjoyed that have been somewhat reliable and fun to ride and maybe aren't that expensive right now. So if you can find these bikes I'm about to mention, I would recommend that you first obviously get a certificate of origin or a title. I get many questions about, hey, I'm going to buy a bike without a title. I know some of you guys out there do that. I haven't done that when I've purchased a used bike. I've only purchased two in the past. Um, usually try to buy new bikes, but I've been through some hard times and I wanted a motorcycle and I bought a couple used bikes. So I always make sure I at least have a certificate of origin or a title. And I try to, if the guy will let you, at least ride it. If I don't know if you're in the city, it's kind of tough, but at least try to start it. You know, see if it runs, see if there's anything vibrating or knocking. At least if you get to ride it up the street or in some yard next to you, kind of just ride it around and make sure it's okay. And give it the once over. Don't just assume he put new tires on and plastic that it's going to run bitching, okay? Really look, I mean, be a little pest for the seller, okay? Look underneath the frame to see how jacked up the frame is, or if we're working on steel frames, is the paint all chipped off, or is there rust? Uh, aluminum frames, sometimes rocks hit the frame and chip the frame out. Look for cracks in the welds. Um, so just make sure you take your time and look. Start up the bike. If he has an hour meter, that's even better. I recommend... If a guy has an hour meter on his bike, you know damn well he's probably taking good care of his stuff. I'm a big believer in hour meters because it's kind of like an odometer on a car. I know when I need to do some maintenance. Works Connection has bitchin' hour meters that give you a maintenance schedule and will blink. So if a guy takes the time to wire up an hour meter or, or wireless hour meter, however you look at it, I feel like he has taken good care of his bike because he wants to know how many hours he's putting on it, maintenance, when he's going to change the oil, so on and so forth. So get a feel for the seller. Make sure he's not selling you some piece of shit. Start it up, ride around a little bit, and then you'll you know if you want to buy it or not. And don't be scared to say no. Don't let him pressure you in to, you know, hey, man, you're here. I'll drop the price 200 bucks. Don't get sucked into buying a piece of shit because... What ultimately is going to happen, you're going to take this bike home, you're going to ride it, you're going to be all stoked, you might have got your new fly racing gear, whatever the hell you did, and you're going to go ride and it's going to be, a, a, a piece of shit, or two, it might blow up on the first ride. So then it's going to leave a sour taste in your mouth, one, for the seller, two, for dirt bikes in general, and it's going to cost you more money. So just take your time with your purchase. You know, if you know the seller, that's even better, but really look over the bike to make sure it's all well and good because we are dealing with some of these years we're dealing with almost 10 year old motorcycles so we're going to start off with a honda and of course you guys know where i'm going to go with this right 2005 to 2008 honda crf 450r for those of you guys who are looking for an older 450 it's tough to beat these years these honda years in a 450 there was no one, Yamaha, nobody, KTM, nobody in the 450 business back then that was better than this bike. 2008 
preferably if you can find it. That was a really, really, they did some refinements to the 2008. But I have a buddy that has a 2006 Honda CRF 450 that we're going to refurb and ride. And I just rode it not too long ago down, down the street and up on some trails. And man, the, the motor is very, very responsive, but has a lot of traction. What you do notice compared to new bikes nowadays riding like a 2006 Honda 450 is the chassis feels a little bit somewhat heavier and it's not as quick, agile handling as the new the new Hondas are, but that's not such a bad thing for these for these Hondas because now Hondas are super precise and agile and they turn really well, but straight line stability has suffered with this 2006 bike that I rode, straight line, I was going through some sand whoops, better than I would on my 2018 Honda 450. The frame, which is probably stretched out and, you know, it's been used, so a little bit more choppered out, so it probably will be a little bit more stable, but a little bit more forgiving of a frame feel. Those years in on the CRF 450R, the, they had the rigidity balance down to a science. It was really good. You don't have to mess with them like you do these days where you have to, you know, try to get some band-aids with, you know, removing the tank bolts or, you know, these engine mounts that I've been testing. The bike came stock and it was good. You want to put a muffler on it? It did help back then because muffler restrictions weren't as as hard as they are now. Like now when you get a, a muffler, they're not much better than what the stock muffler is, right? Well, now let's say we're flashing back to 2005 to 2008, stock mufflers were meh. They were not as good as they are now, where because you can buy an FMF or a Pro Circuit or a Bills or whatever on, and put it on this Honda, and you do get a noticeable difference in power. So my buddy, he has a Dubok pipe on his, and it's really has... I would say more bottom to mid-range hit than the stock one. And I was surprised because I, I hadn't put the stock one on just to, for my own personal like testing because you guys know me. I just like tinker with shit. So we put the stock stuff back on, and it wasn't as good. It was a very noticeable difference. So I just thought that was cool. I was flashing back to my testing years. I even looked at my notes, and uh, I had some notes about an FMF and how much better it was on a 2008 Honda 450. So... Anyway, I'm rambling on about this bike, but hey, good bike, solid suspension, of course, you know, spring fork, all of that, chassis is good, fun bike to ride. I would stay, I would say still competitive to this day. I really want to go race a 2008 450 sometime the next year or two, just on a local race, you know, a local event and see how it, how it compares. I know... I want to say either Pingree or someone did this not too long ago, and they were they were surprised on this build that they did and how well it still is. So I kind of want to do that, but I want to take it to the next level and ride it back to back in each moto against a new bike. So I just I love this bike. If you guys can find them, which they're hard to find, really try and look for 2005 to 2008 Honda Sierra 450. Okay, so. We're going to talk a lot about a 2012 year. There's a lot of bikes that I've written down that's 2012. If you guys are looking for a Honda 250, 2012 CRF 250R was 
really good. Now, the 2011 CRF250 lacked some bottom end, and I really didn't like that, okay? When I was going back into my notes, I saw that, hey, 2011 didn't have a lot of bottom end, and then I rolled over to 2012, and it kind of like sparked some memory in my brain. The 2012 CRF250 has more bottom end, and the, and, but it has a smaller throttle body. They went from a 50 mil throttle body in 2011 to a 46 millimeter throttle body in 2012, and that helped that really helped bottom end and mid-range. So when I was, there was a track called Piru, what we tested a lot at, and when I tested this sucker over there, this 2012 at Piru, I noticed, man, there's a lot more excitement and hit. And it was just a fun bike to ride. So if you guys are looking for an older 250, that's pretty reliable. We put a lot of time on this Honda back in the day, and it really didn't give us a headache at all. We changed the oil. Um, I think back in the day, Jimmy Lewis had some muffler, and I think he put a piston in it, and we rode the shit out of it, and it was great. It was a single muffler back then, less headache with that. So for those of you guys looking for a Honda 250, 2012 CRF 250R is a good year. Anything past that, I wasn't a big fan of. They started going towards, of course, air forks and dual systems and I was trying to look back further past that pre-air fork, pre-dual, you know, exhaust, and 2012 is the bike. Another year, 2012. Now, Honda had some troubles in 2009, 2010, 2011 with the Honda 450. I had a 2012 Honda 450 that I purchased straight from a dealer because I liked that bike after I tested it in the shootout. Really mellow i think it has 52 horsepower compared to like a kawasaki back then it had like 54 55 because in 2012 cowie was really good we'll talk more about that in a bit but easy to ride mellow delivery i could ride that bike faster because it was just easier to ride and the chassis was good i think even chad said his 2012 honda was one of the best bikes that he has ridden besides his yamaha yz 250 and he was blazingly fast on that thing. I remember going to local race, whole shot in these dudes, big name guys like Casey Johnson and all these dudes that are still trying to race. They're like, hey, what's in that bike? I'm like, dude, I have nothing done to this thing besides a muffler. And the suspension was just fine for me. I think I put a link on it. So if you guys are looking to balance it out a little bit more, there's a link linkage that I think Pro Circuit has that's really good for this 2012. But as far as engine, stability, reliability, 2012 CRF 450R was really good. So basically, that's my Honda Moto bikes that I really liked. For you off-road dudes out there, I'm not going to talk a lot about off-road bikes here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dabble in it a little bit that I remember. But if you guys are looking just for a nice trail bike that's comfortable, super reliable, that top racers, I have a buddy, Ricky Brabeck, National Hare and Hound Champion, he still loves a CRF 450X, the X miles, not an RX, okay? So you can go back to 2013, whatever you guys want to do, it hasn't really changed that much, which I hear Honda is changing the X, I think, soon. I don't know when, but I heard some rumblings about that they might have a new X soon. 2013 and up, CRF 450X, super reliable bike, great trail bike. Yes, it's heavy. Yes, you can do some things to lighten that thing up, 
but that frame is really good and Ricky was going back and forth between an RX and an X last year. He couldn't decide which one he wanted to ride, which I think he kind of got forced into riding the RX, but he still loved the X feel out in Lucerne Valley and all those things because the frame absorption was so much better and the engine was so easy to ride. So looking for a trail bike for a Honda, look for an X, good bikes. Moving on to Kawasaki's, of course, talking about 2012s. 2012 KX450, okay? Very good machine, fast back then. I like this bike a lot. Spring Fork, they had some uh, engine changes in 2012 from the 2011. That's when they went, you can get couplers. The couplers were introduced in 2012. You can, you know, they give you rich and a lean coupler. But I just remember this bike frame was really good, which Cowie's always been pretty good, but this 2012 frame was exceptional because it had good fork feel. It had good comfort. It had front-end traction. Yes, it was still more of a rear-end steering machine, but I remember being at Glen Helen going, man, this Kawasaki's really good just because all that square-edge shit and the engine pulled so well up the hill. So Now, moving on to the 13 and 14, the fork wasn't as good okay, on this KX450F, but... The, the people that I've tested with back in the day, Yamaha, Honda, KTM, for OEM testing, this 2014 KX450 was the baseline motorcycle for our new bikes that were coming out to test. If we wanted to make sure our shit was better than the other guy, we would go back to this 2014 KX450F to try to really handle our chassis problems because the frame was so good on this 14KX450F. Yes, PSF1 fork, which in hindsight now isn't that bad compared to the SFF TAC and the PSF2. Knowing what I know now, I could probably live with the PSF1 KYB fork. Didn't really care for it at the time because I was so used to spring fork. But when we were testing, I was like, man, it's it's okay. It's not a horrible feeling. And then obviously it got worse as it went on. But if you guys are out there looking for an older bike, 2012, 13, and 14 KX450Fs are really good. Now, here's the tricky part. Not reliable motorcycles, right? If you take care of them, of course, they're fine. But... They've had some overheating problems, some detonation problems. Um, so depending on who's selling you this bike, you really need to make sure and pay attention of the care that this bike has been in. Hopefully he has an hour meter on this so you know how many hours on it, but if he's rebuilt the motor, you can tell that the, the bike is fresh and he's selling it for cheap. I would say this bike is a steal, very good, still competitive easy to ride, frame is great, and you could live with some PSF1 fork. I have some settings for all of these bikes that I've, I have in my Bible, which will be in my app coming soon. And by the way, the app will probably be out uh, maybe summertime, by summertime. So there's just a lot of work, back work that I had to do to get this app going for all the information that's going to have. But if you guys can really hone in on what you want and you get it, you can email me, chris at keyferingtesting.com, 
I have some settings. I will get you some settings for your used bike. Give me a little bit. I always tell you guys this in my podcast. Just simmer down. I will get back to you. I have to go back into my book, my logs here, and it might take a couple days. So sometimes I get back with you when I'm doing computer work in 10 minutes. Sometimes it might take a week. So just chill down. All right? But if you guys need some settings, hit me up, Chris, at keyfringtesting.com. I'll hook you guys up because that's what we're about. Personalized service here. No, but seriously, we'll help you out. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your Droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close, like my house. I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just, I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So, founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic, you guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, chris at keyfringtesting.com. I'll let you know more, but very cool guys over there. Thanks, Skosh. Skosh.com. Hey, thanks for listening. If you guys want a comfortable shirt to go to the track or even a hoodie, you're cold, you want your chick to look cool, get some hats, shirts, hoodies, be a moto fan, be an off-road fan, go check out ruddedracing.com or if you guys are on Instagram, at ruddedracing. Clint and April make very, very comfortable shirts, hats, hoodies. They're helping out the bear for Supercross. That's right. Rutted Racing is helping out Tyler Bowers. They put 
money back into our sport, guys. So let's buy some stuff. They're helping us out. They're helping the Supercross riders out of the world. Let's go there and buy some stuff at Reddit Racing or RedditRacing.com. Right now, it's 40 degrees in the high des. I am wearing a Reddit Racing hoodie, and it's badass. So go check them out. Thanks, guys. Also, don't forget, you know what's coming after Reddit Racing? ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know what's cool? Free stuff. You know that? Order 12 tees. Get 10 free t-shirts. When you order 12, buy a dozen, get 10. ScreenPrintingDone.com. They produce t-shirts, hoodies, hats, everything. You need t-shirts for your employees? Do you need t-shirts for your track? Or maybe a party you're having. You're having an Anaheim One party? Make us some t-shirts. Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know who else goes to ScreenPrintingDone.com? The 7 Deuce Deuce. I feel like he took ScreenPrintingDone.com from me. But nonetheless, he knows where to go, right? If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. That's where I get all my Kiefer Inc. testing shirts. Go over there. Check them out. Mention Kiefer. When you order, 12. Get 10 for free. Later. Okay, moving on to the Blue Crew. You know what this is about. Woo! You know I love a Yamaha. You guys know this. So, don't get a 426. I've had them. They suck. They sucked. I recommended a buddy back in the day getting a 426. Oh, he hated that bike. And he still hasn't forgiven me to this day. He's like, well, I can't believe you recommended that piece of shit. It it was violent. It hit too hard. It it was wallowy. It was heavy. Yeah, my bad. Sorry, dude. Don't get a 426. We're going to be talking about 2015 and up YZ250F. Good machines, okay? If you're getting a YZ250F, do not get a 2014 because they had rod problems. They were breaking cranks and rods. 2013 had a carburetor, which was a piece of trash. So very difficult to set up. You can make them okay, but very hard to jet, get the bog out. Stay away from a 2013 if you can. If you have the money, stay with 2015 and up. Make sure the seller has either A, changed the connecting rod out or how many hours he has on it. Pay attention to that because in 14 they had some problems, which I hear they fixed in 15 through manufacturing. So I do not know how the process was or why the 14's connecting rods were breaking, but they were. Um, Maybe it was the heat um, treatment process. I don't know. Maybe they fixed that the next year. But from what I've experienced myself and from what I heard, the 15 and up 250Fs are safe. But those are very good machines. Torquey, you guys know this. I don't have to explain a lot. You can go back and listen to other podcasts because if you're on a 2015 to 2018, they haven't changed that much. Engine feel is still the same. Suspension, great. YZ450F, same thing. 15 and up. In 16, they changed the frame on the 450F, which I like better, and SAG measurements have changed. But if you have a 15, it's still good. The motor is still great. Chassis is still good. I've experienced with some linkages in 15 that helped that bike, um, which you guys can, of course, like I said, there's not enough information for you here for settings. Email me, okay? I'm just trying to point you guys in the right direction for which bikes to buy. Now... For play bikes, uh, it's it's pretty much 
Anything that Yamaha sells in the play bike area is good. But I get I got Heather a TTR 125L, and Heather never rode dirt bikes ever in her life. And I wanted the L because it had disc brakes. The non-L back when they you know had that didn't have. They just had drum brakes. So I let her ride a TTR 125L. She really liked it. It was mellow, easy for her to ride, had electric start, all these things. And it was friendly for her. She went on trail rides with me. So if you have chicks out there or wives that maybe are not into dirt bikes but maybe want to get into them and have a less of a headache for you when you want to go ride, wink, wink, you understand what I'm saying here? TTR 125s, Yamaha builds a great line of play bikes, you know, going down to a little 50. And same goes for Honda. Any 50 that Honda or Yamaha makes hasn't changed much. They're great, reliable, easy to start out, so very family-friendly. If you guys are lovers of two-strokes, holy shit, which I know most of you guys are, 04 YZ250 two-stroke was bitching. Steel frame. They went to an aluminum frame in 2005. If someone asked me, Kiefer, what would you rather have? I would rather have an 04 YZ250 two-stroke because of that steel frame was really good. Aluminum frame changed some things, got a little bit more rigid, and uh, it's still fun, don't get me wrong, but if you're riding rough, choppy tracks, I'd rather have an 04 YZ250. Now, like I said, pay attention. Steel frames stretch, they crack, they break quicker than aluminum frame dirt bikes. So, 04 and up is a safe bet for a YZ250. If you can find an 06 for cheap, fun bike to ride. Easy maintenance, reliable, great suspension, like I said. All very fun to ride, especially if you don't have a lot of money. You don't have to worry about rebuilding it. If you do, it's a top end. Hell, I'm a novice mechanic. I can even put a damn top end in a YZ two-stroke. So very easy to ride. So those are my Yamaha picks that I would really narrow them down in. I do not want to go farther back than 2015 because the Yamaha, to me, wasn't that great back in the day. I rode them. Um but also, I was affiliated with some of Yamaha stuff back in the day, so I kind of had to ride Yamaha. Well, now, hey, I'm older. I ride what I want. I got my business. I can tell you guys these things because I don't give a shit now, <laughs> for one. And I wanted to tell you guys the truth and what I would buy and purchase. So I would stay from 2015 up in the Yamaha era. Moving on to the Suzuki. Woo-wee. RM Army. Oh, man. Now, you would think, I don't got a lot of Suzuki knowledge, or Kiefer doesn't really want to ride a Suzuki. Well, I liked the 2012, again, 2012, yeah, even the 2011 bike. 2011, 2012, RMZ 450. To this day, I'm going to tell you guys a little secret. To this day, one of the best bikes that I have ridden out of all the bikes, factory bikes, everything, okay? And the most fun I've had was on Mike Alessi's 2012 RMZ 450. That thing was so fun to ride, so balanced. It cornered so good. To this day, I haven't had a bike that cornered that good ever. I hopped on it. Tony met me on a track. I did a, you could probably go back in the Dirt Rider archives and read this. But this thing was so freaking good, dude. And it rolled over 
because the good production bike, it was a great production bike. It was obviously Suzuki's engine, very good. I think it had 54, yeah, when I look at my notes here, engine horsepower when we dynoed it back then, 54.5. Dude, that is on par with the bikes today. I think the 450s today are between 53 to 56. So what I liked about the Suzuki the most and what I hated about them was always the frame. The 2012 frame was good. They changed it in 13, and it got so rigid and harsh. So bad. I really wish, and for actually for a couple years after that, guys were running 2012 frames on their factory bikes because that's how good the frame was. I know Mike was running that frame for a long time. And even he might have been running the bike, the 2000, older bike. But that was one of the best bikes that I've ridden was Alessi's 2012 um, RMZ 450 race bike. But the production bike, very good. Suspension, good. Turning, good. Chassis, good. It just did everything well. Again, reliability, so-so. Mm, it's up to you guys, the mechanics, to make sure you pay attention to your bike. But I know... The clutch wasn't that good, so if you're on this 2011-2012 RMZ 450 bandwagon, get a Henson clutch. I like Henson products. No, they don't pay me. I just like their products. And um, yeah, put a, a muffler on. If you can find a Yosh or an FMF, I always put those on there on that year, and it was really good. And have fun. I've been on the Prowl myself for a 2012 RMZ 450, so hopefully... I might have a seller that wants to sell his, and he only has 22 hours on it. He has an hour meter. He's an older guy. And I was like, dear baby Jesus, please let this guy sell his bike. So I think he's selling it. I'm going to buy this thing, and we're going to do a project on it, and we're going to ride the shit out of it, and I'm going to get back to you on it and see how much fun it is to ride. And then if I bring it the track, these local tracks, I want you guys to ride it. So you guys don't think I'm full of shit. Because I'm telling you, 2012 RMZ 450 is a good bike. Just got to take care of it. Now, I'm gonna, I went really far back on this next one, guys. I went, I think I was only a dirt rider for maybe a year and a half. But a 2002 RM252 stroke was pretty fun for me. And I started my Bible back in 2001. And I put this in my Bible, how much fun I had on this RM250. And then did some more research and went back and looked at Dirt Riders, uh, who wrote the, the initial impression test on it. And then I looked, I'm like, oh, they really didn't like it. And then I looked at my notes on the 2002 RM250, and I really liked it. And the, the reasons why I started, which back then that's what I did, is because how smooth and easy it was to ride. Um, I wasn't a, I think it was 150 pounds back then. So... I was light, but this bike cornered well. Shocking. I know it's a Suzuki, but it had a smooth power, and it was just easy to ride. I understand that, from what I've heard, all these engine guys out there love this bike because everyone brought their Suzuki engines to them because they didn't have enough power. But for me, it was super friendly to ride. had a lot of traction. It cornered well. It was balanced, and the jetting was pretty good in stock trim. I know... In my notes, it says I raised the clip up one to get a little bit more Christmas down low, and I like that. So if you guys are in the market for a Suzuki two-stroke, 
2002 RM250 you could be looking into. And the things that you should watch out for, obviously, frame, stretching, cracking. Um, but as far as engine stuff, I wouldn't really worry about that because it's so easy to rebuild and it's so inexpensive that you can do all that yourself or have you know one of your local guys do it and it wouldn't be that much money just to rebuild the whole engine. So going back to the 2011 and 2012 RMZ450 though, guys, the shifting was a little bad. I remember that. Um, it's kind of sparking up memories as I'm talking to you guys about this. And the radiator cap, I remember we had to go up to a 1.8 or even a 2.0 radiator cap. And that helped it because it would boil over and overheat if it was really hot out or if you're riding a deep track. So those are the things I remember about that bike. So if you guys end up getting that bike or if you have that bike, go to a, a larger radiator cap and it kind of helped I wouldn't say eliminated, but it helped from overheating on that 2002, I'm sorry, 2011 and 2012 RMZ 450. So um, look into a, a radiator cap. And for the shifting, I know that they did this at Dirt Rider. They tumbled the gears and it was better. So I'm sure that you guys don't want to go to that extent of things. But just the shifting from second to third was kind of a little notchy and I hit some false neutrals a lot. And I remember, the reason why I remember that is because I hit a false neutral over a jump and I almost ate shit, but I saved it. And I, I don't know how I remember this stuff, but I still remember this stuff. And I asked the guys and the Suzuki guys at the time, I go, hey, what's up with that? And he's like, yeah, we've had some, some problems with shifting under load and testing. And he's like, you're one of the few guys that actually feel it. So I guess at the time, the test riders weren't complaining about it so much, but... uh I just remember that sticking out in my head. So last but not least in my notes here, I got the Orange Brigade Life. I don't have much to tell you on KTMs. Similar to the Yamaha, wasn't a really stoked out on KTMs way back in the day because honestly, they sucked. I was a test rider for KTM in 2003, 2004. I, ugh, bikes weren't that good. KTMs come a long way. You see a KTM employee that's been there for more than 15 years give him a hug because he's been through some shit he has seen some shit he's been through some shit he's probably helped out with a lot of shit but i'm telling you guys ktm has come a long way they've built incredible motorcycles now but back in the day i was on struggle street testing for these guys it was tough i helped start development on a ktm 250 sxf i raced for the factory team up in Canada in 2004. Wait, yep, 2004. Dude, so bad. Our bikes were so bad. Vibrating, no bottom end, just all top end. It was horrible. It was not something I want to remember. But 350 and 350 is the ones that stick out to me the most because that's the most fun I've had on a bike is riding a 350 SXF. Stay with 2017 and up. Why? 2016 had four CS. Now, if you don't care about suspension and you're going to get your own suspension anyway, you know, like own suspension, like throw the four CS in the trash, that's fine. 2016 is a fine machine. Don't go farther back than that because the engine wasn't so great. It didn't really make sense. I didn't have that much more power than a 250 SXF, right? 
So I was like, uh, this 350 thing doesn't make sense to me. But once 2016 came, 2017, I was like, oh, I have a lot of fun on this thing. You know, especially when the 17 came out, you know, with the AER fork. Yeah, it's an air fork, but it was so much better than the 4CS. So if you're looking for a used KTM 350SXF, 2017 and up is your safe bet. Same goes for 252 stroke, um, 125 two stroke, 2017 up KTM. When they changed everything, it was an all new bike, very fun machine. Going back, you know, past 2017, 2015 and 16 bikes vibrated so bad, guys. It was so bad, it put your arms asleep. You couldn't get the vibration out. So when KTM reconfigured their machine in 2017 in the two-stroke world, it was so much better. It's less vibration than a four-stroke. So they've done a lot of work, but try to stick to a 350 and a 250 from 2017 and up. Now, if you guys are stuck, I'm stuck, Kiefer. I, I'm, I got a 2016 350SXF. This 4CS sucks, but I don't have enough money to go get cone valves or whatever you're going to do. There's a Band-Aid slash a little better fix. There's a couple guys that I've had experience with, and I'm sure there's more companies out there that do this, but I've ridden with the 4CS fork with revalved internals with some different things from Stillwell Performance, Stillwell Performance, right, in Arizona. Um, I just happened to run into this guy a few years ago at Dirt Rider, Alan Stillwell, very good dude. Um, he really knows WP stuff. He was actually a guru in 4CS. I wrote some off-road settings of his. Was pretty impressed. Was it as good as, obviously, a cone valve? No. But I could live with the 4CS stuff that he did for this off-road setting. I never really got a great moto setting, okay? But for you off-road guys, Stillwell is really good. And if you guys want to get exotic and drop some KYB internals in this 4CS fork, there's a guy also in Arizona, TBT Arizona. It's not the TBT guy in Southern California. It's a TBT guy in Arizona, okay? His name's Johnny. Good dude. He has this KYB internal kit that I tried. If you guys go back in the Dirt Rider archives, I tested this bike. Very fun. Gives it a KYB SSS feel in the front and much better overall traction in the front. Lean angle traction is better. Com Mid-stroke comfort is better. It doesn't blow through. So, But I also think that KYB internal stuff is like 1400 bucks. So it is expensive. Obviously not as much as a cone valve, but you're still going to spend some money to fix your 4CS shit. So... Those are my picks for some used bikes. I know we could go on days and days and days about what bikes and years, and I'm sure you guys can go back to the 90s and tell me some things, but these are the bikes that I remember that were good, that I would buy myself, so I don't want to steer you guys in the wrong direction and just say, hey, yeah, this 90s stuff. I don't really remember that far back. So I'm trying to give you bikes that I'm aware of, that I remember, um, that were good for me, that were good when I was at Dirt Rider, and we're just fun bikes to ride. So, uh, like I said, take your time on buying. Search around. There's all kinds of things out there. Go to your local track. Talk to the, some people. A lot of these guys that ride diehard locals have some older bikes that they might want to sell. So, 
get to know some people, befriend some people. Don't be the guy in the corner that's bah humbug. Screw you, cool guy. If you guys see me at any local track, come up and talk to me. Let's bullshit about dirt bikes. I love it. I met a lot of people at the Trans Am um, Vet Classic last weekend that listened to the show, listened to Pulp. I appreciate you guys coming up to me and talking to me. I'm just like you guys. I love dirt bikes. I ha- This is what I do. I type. I ride. I hang out with my family. And then we bullshit about dirt bikes. So I don't really do anything else. Like people say, Kiefer, if you had a lot of money, what would you change? I probably wouldn't change. My life is my life. Like I would have another house maybe, but I would have dirt bikes I would ride dirt bikes. I would probably still do podcasts because I love talking about it. I love giving information to you guys. And I would hang out with my family. I wouldn't do anything else. So I, I get it, dude. I, I'm in, I'm engulfed in this shit just like you guys are. So um, and I understand money doesn't grow on trees. So use bike sales. I get it. I'm in. I'm going to go get this freaking RMZ450. We're going to talk about that too. So anyway... You guys have any questions, you can always hit me up at chris at keferinktesting.com. Go buy some shirts and hoodies. You know, help us out. Heather at keferinktesting.com. She'll steer you in the right direction with the purchase decision. We got some hoodies, we got some t shirts. I'm making some hats soon. And uh, maybe some tank tops for the ladies. Hey, tank tops for the ladies. Summertime's coming. So you gotta get that side boob in there, right? So. Tank tops coming summertime. And also, don't forget to support the advertisers that support this podcast. I thank them a lot. But how about you guys thank them by buying some stuff? Please. Scosche.com, S C O S C H E.com. The code is S C O K T 25. Go buy some stuff. Let me know what you buy. I want to know what you guys get. Also, Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com. Thank you. Go get some stuff there. You guys have been doing that. I appreciate it. Racetech, racetech.com. Get your suspension done. Go get your oil changed. Go to Racetech. Fly racing. Go get some new gear. East Coast guys, you're getting ready to ride soon. New gear time. Fly racing. Best dressed. Screw that lit kit shit. Of course, rutted racing. They're helping out the bear. They help out here. Kiefer Inc. testing. They're coming out with some gear. Ooh, I'm not supposed to say anything, but I just did. They're making some gear for you longer men. That's right. You're six foot and over. Rutted is going to have you guys covered. It's pretty cool shit. He showed me some photos. So go check it out. They're over there at ruttedracing.com. They make t-shirts, hats, hoodies, stuff for your girlfriend, your wife. Soon gear. And also screenprintingdone.com. You mentioned Kiefer. You know what's going to happen. You're going to get some free shirts. So head over there, get some stuff made, support our sponsors. We thank you guys very much for listening. We'll be back next week with some more testing. I'm laid up for at least a week or two with some broken ribs. We're not going to talk about that. But uh, once again, thank you guys very much, and I will see you at the track, or we'll chat later on email. See ya!